Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 878, June 28th, 2022. 102 degrees on this day. That was in 1931. And 47 degrees on two occasions, 1895 and 1924. All of these dates predate Aquaside, a white bear company that's been keeping beaches free of weeds and algae for more than 60 years. Keeps your swimming area just free of all that muck that the kids don't want to deal with. Aquaside products made in White Bear Lake are easy to use. They work quickly. They're registered with the EPA and DNR, and the products are completely safe for you and your family and the record muskie you can catch right off the end of your weed-free dock. Don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. There's no need. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem, get you the right products, and then your place will look great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. May I get something off my chest right away? You may. Ricky Trey, 29-year-old biologically male skateboarder who identifies as a woman, took first place during the Border Open Women's Finals in New York City, while 13-year-old skater Shiloh Katori came in second. Trey has previously said, I know that I'll never be a woman because women are miraculous, you know. They have babies. I'll never have that ability. Trey added, I feel like I'm a woman and guess I would have wished to be born one. Uh, Katori, who finished second, she's a young 13-year-old girl, posted a video in which she said she's not upset at all and that she is actually concerned about how Trey is feeling. Okay, let me stop right there. Uh, Trey, you didn't win bleep. Uh, you're 29 years old, you're a male, and you beat a 13-year-old kid. Uh, you're, you're, uh, you're disqualified. You didn't win anything. Give back the money. There, that's all I wanted to say. You didn't win anything. You're a 29-year-old biologically male. You should be embarrassed. Have you no sense of shame? No. <laughs> that you beat a 13-year-old girl in a skateboarding competition. B as in B, S as in S. And I'm not going to pretend you're a woman and look the other way because you won some bleeping skateboard competition. You are wrong. Hi, everybody. Hey, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're getting closer to understanding what we got wind of yesterday when Kenny said he knows someone who uh, owns a gas station and they've been selling record amounts of gas. Quite a bit of email on this topic. Mm-hmm. I think we can solve this. Uh, here's from uh, Amico Joe, who says, "Hail the fireworks commissioner!" Hail, Hail you. you! I've worked at the same. I've worked at the same old-fashioned service station since the 1980s, and our gas volume has increased. The past couple of months. All right. Hans Sande writes, I agree with you. Uh, while on the golf course, I said, to, well, this is a different email. That's about hockey. Hockey should never be played past the first 100-degree day in North Dakota. I'll give you that one. That shouldn't have been in the gas file. Yeah, I don't, how did that get in the gas file? Uh, 
Daniel writes, I live in an area of Montana that is heavily visited during the summer. To visit here, you would have had to make your reservations at least six months ago. So I think a lot of travelers wanted to just get away after COVID and made travel plans that are now being executed during the high gas prices. Also, camper sales in my area are up, probably because people are living in their campers while waiting on overbooked builders and high building costs in building their homes. So Mm. his point would be, yes, people made these travel plans and now they're buying all this gas despite the price. Uh, Well, here's Hans. He did have a gas comment. One thing you might want to consider (laughs) is people may be driving for vacations instead of flying. Our family is going to drive to Colorado Springs for our family vacation instead of flying as the cost of gas for the trip would be about the same as one plane ticket. Plus, you're avoiding the hassles of the airport and risking delayed flights or canceled flights. Uh, What's this one? Oh, I just finished today's show with the questions and thoughts regarding people filling up extra gas tanks at the pump. This is from Scott. I recently observed this exact behavior at my local Costco, and I may have a solution. As I sat in a long line of cars, each waiting to save about 20 cents per gallon on fuel, I noticed the man and woman in the car in front of me fill their vehicle, and I thought, great, this should only take a second, and I'll be filling my tank and on my way. Much to my chagrin, they began pulling what turned out to be about a dozen additional empty fuel containers from their trailer and began fueling and replacing them back in the trailer. After I took a moment to lament the unfortunate choice I'd made by getting behind these time-sucking gas hoarders, I decided to get out and ask them what they were going to do with all that fuel. They informed me that the marina near Liberal Lakes, where they have their family cabin, charged nearly double the price they were paying here and that they were stocking up for the season. As a GLer, I thought it was wise to investigate, and here is the outcome. Last week, prior to heading to Ontario for a week of fishing, I called ahead and checked the price of ethanol-free marine gas at the nearby marina where we had our lodging reserve. After converting liters to gallons and converting Canadian funds into U.S. dollars, it turned out they were charging a bit more than $10 U.S. per gallon. Wow. I promptly filled the 20-gallon boat tank and six additional five-gallon containers with appropriate... Oh, that's got to get the horn. We can't be having that. Marine fuel for under 5 bucks a gallon U.S. I know you avoid math in public, so I'll make it easy. I saved a bit over 250 bucks on gas, which put a significant dent in our automotive fuel costs and could well be a sizable down payment towards an EcoFun e-bike. Talk about sticking it to the man. We made it through the week only using our pre-purchased fuel, and the only net negative was the impossibility of trying to get the fuel into the boat tank without spilling some into the lake due to the solution in search of a problem gas containers, and they're impossible to pour without <laughs> spilling spouts. Oh, I have an answer. Okay, I know you've talked about this in years past, but as I watched the rainbow of fuel floating across the water, I could not help explaining it all to my son. Here's government for you, demonstrating the law of unintended consequences. Consequences, always pushing back in Edina. Uh, Scott, he doesn't want his last name used. All right. Uh, The world's best gas can. It's a little pricey, but it's worth the uh, money. You can find it at many places, including um, DennisKirk.com is where I oh, ordered I all of them. I remember you touting this All of mine. Ago. I've got eight of them now. 
Um, and it's a big five-gallon can with a huge spout on the top. You buy the extra $10 hose kit, which is a rubber hose that never breaks down. And it's small, and you can pour it into any awkward situation you have, any tank, anything. Uh, and they're absolutely indestructible. They're around $35, if I remember right, for the uh, can and 10 for the hose. Worth the money. Hmm. What the EPA did not take into consideration with the advent of these new gas cans is they don't take into consideration GLers. We're not in the business of wasting gas. No, we're last right. droppers. We're last droppers. Yep. And they've created a gas uh, spout that really is difficult. And, yeah. and that's why when you get an old-fashioned gas can, hang on to it because yeah. they, it's just easier to use. I remember we did a remote up in uh, up John Heights Way, but even north of Height at a, at a hardware store up oh, there. Oh, Andover. Right? In Wasn't Andover? It Andover? Uh, wherever. No, it was... Uh, uh, it's nine miles north of here. I can't think of this. Well, city. the guy gave me telling. a brand yeah. new can, uh, old stock, and I've kept it. And uh, it's it's just the answer because it has the old-fashioned spout. Because uh, GLers are in the business of making sure the last drop gets in the tank, not mm-hmm. on the ground. But they don't take that into consideration because no. when you're on the third rail, they look at us as dunces, that they no. have to control and, and help behave and you people don't know anything about gas. We know more about gas and gas containers than these fruitcakes in Washington, none of whom are even going to ever use a gas tank because right. the they're on the third rail. When was the last time they mowed a lawn? <laughs> was it Ham Lake or uh, East Bethel? No, it was up that way. It was a East great Bethel. old hardware store. It was, uh, yeah, Tim had I, I owned the hardware store. Yeah. Cambridge. Oh, uh, anyway, Suits, so I'm, going, I'm driving into town yesterday afternoon after the show. I've got my five... Uh, ga- not five, excuse me, three gas cans I'm going to fill up with diesel. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of cursing the fact that I know I'm going to spend $90 on 15 gallons. I get there, and uh, there's one diesel pump, truck driver, semi-drivers, using both of them to fill both of his tanks. And uh, I immediately didn't feel bad because talking to him, he was spending about $600 mm. to fill that up. And mm. uh, talking further... Yeah, the price gets passed on to the consumer. St. Francis. St. Francis. That's Thank where we you. went. Yes, St. Yeah. Francis. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, that was such a neat hardware store. Oh, yeah. Or I yeah. should say is. I'm assuming it's still there. I, I knew marine gas would be high, but not over 10 bucks a gallon in Joe, Canada. Holy I know cow. A, a young man whose family is him, his two brothers, and his dad. They canceled their northern Minnesota fishing trip because of gas prices. Oh, they were really? going to go over the fourth, and they just said that it's going to cost us six times as much as it was last year. Well, I think we've I think we've gone a long way in answering this mystery question: is why are some of these stations pumping more gas than they have in in a long time? And it's because a uh, people have already made their bookings and they want to fulfill them. And B, I think there are a lot of people who would, for example, if I had to go to Chicago tomorrow, there's not a chance in hell I'm flying. I'm driving. Because I'm not, I just don't want to go through the hassles of the airport. Well, okay, we booked the trip that we're taking this weekend back in January. Mm-hmm. Had we not booked it back then, we wouldn't be going right. now. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, because you... You're, you have to you, you don't want to eat the tickets. No, and, and we'd already made the Airbnb reservation and everything else. Right, right. So people, and, they're pumping a lot of gas, and I think we now know why. You're driving, aren't you? Sure am. And you're driving because you, you like to save money on rental cars. I have uh, what the kids like to call a life hack that came from a 21-year-old 
that can get into a rental vehicle in any city for under $20 a day. And it's so good. It is so good that I don't dare do it on the air. Now, if you want to email Kenny, I'll (laughs) do it that way. But I won't do it publicly. I won't do it on the air, and I won't do it on Twitter. So if that uh, piques your interest, get a hold of me. And, And what is it you're offering privately to people? Cheap rental vehicles okay and you know what it was how it was explained to me the reason that rental vehicles are so expensive right now is because they can they're trying to make up from lost revenue from 2020 and beyond that's basically why everything's so expensive right now as it comes to flights and rental cars would that apply to hotels too uh it depends Mm -hmm. it depends on where you're staying because if you're staying you know in downtown you're going to be fine because they're going to be cheap, but then you got to deal with downtown. I'm terribly exciting. I really don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I particularly don't want to go anywhere that would involve flying. I'm not kidding. Right. Uh, the uh, July 4th weekend is predicted to be just a catastrophe uh, in terms of flying. There's mm-hmm. shortage of pilots. There's a shortage of ground workers. There's a, uh, it's, just a, it's just a real mess. And <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I don't want to go to the – some of the advice I've heard is if you're not prepared to be stifled, don't even book an airplane ticket. Correct, yes. If you're not prepared to be if – you're, if you're impatient, uh, and I'm a bad waiter. I was just going to say. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'd be wise to avoid airports at all possibilities. I have to imagine that flying with you, um, that's a challenge in and of itself. I love flying itself. It's the BS that's developed post 9-11 that I don't like. Sure. I, I just don't. Well, I, I'm the same way. I love to travel. I hate everything about flying. I hate being at the whim of everybody else. I, I absolutely hate it. That's why I'd rather drive. You know, I, I have something else where I'm a bad waiter. I might as well confess it. I was reading about uh, the uh, United States Navy is getting very vocal in insisting that they don't want to be told what they're not seeing. And they're seeing unidentified flying craft and uh the latest is now some very strange lights over san diego and there's been no reports of flights in that area let's go here i don't want to wait anymore (laughs) this is a crabby coffee shop conversation i don't know if i like you stealing my material did you have this on the show uh we've talked about this before i want to know what you're up to tell me let's go land talk to me you shapeshifters, you. Careful. <laughs> Ooh, careful, yeah. I was careful when I, I said it. But I'm a bad waiter. Quit this... buzzing around and taking a look at us. Tell us what you want. <laughs> it's misdirection of some sort by our government. <gasps> Shiny object over here, over here. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Things are never what you think they are. And I'm always <laughs> hesitant to bring it up because the only people who cover it are the, uh, are the tabloids. You know, the Sun or the Daily Mail or whatever. Uh, Let's go, New York Times. Let's find out what these fruitcakes want. Joe, we had a guy, John and Don and I had a guy on that had been abducted numerous times. I've heard that. Really close to me, Dalton, Dalton, Minnesota. I heard that, yeah. Yeah. He was an interesting guy. Well, they took his nipples. Every That's time right. he gets abducted, he they and take his nipples. And then he noticed they had buckets of nipples. Buckets, buckets of, nipples. of nipples. Yeah. By the way, my, my I don't band. think you're being very fair to the local media in terms of covering things just like this. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in town that would cover this. Who? All right, everybody. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of seeing your lights. Tell us what you want. 
introduce yourself. Let's sit down, have a Coke. But I think Kenny nailed it a, a, a while back where it's like, ugh, they you don't want to. John, I said, let's sit down, have a Coke. I, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I don't, I don't nice. get it. Yeah. Well, let's let, let's not on, sit Chris. down and have a beer. Let's sit down and have a Coke. Gotcha. Yeah. But Kenny just said. Somebody's been on a secret government mission, I think. They're, yeah. uh, they're looking at us going, oh, aren't these humans adorable? Yeah, but cute, t- you, cute. Yeah. come on, come on, come on, show yourself. Nah, they don't want to be you seen. Know, those chipmunks that uh, live around my house, they're adorable too, but every now and then they turn up missing. Ooh. Don't know what happens huh. to them. Well, they just turn up missing. I, I think Kenny's theory is right. We're like ants to them. They, they don't care. There's all these guys amuse me. But what if they start to get pest repellent or mosquito shield, John? What if the aliens get mosquito shield, then we're done? That would be bad. You are a pro. (laughs) Very much so. Very impressive. You are a professional, Reavers. (laughs) The the absence of a southern border, the absence of rules and regulations, formality, and a procedure have now resulted in 46 people dead in a semi-truck. Oh, my God. In San Antonio. They were migrants from Mexico, Guatemala, and Honduras. They basically cooked to death Mm. in a a truck that was not refrigerated. It was an unprecedented discovery. It was an alleged human smuggling event. Uh, The San Antonio police discovered this, and uh, it's horrific. They couldn't get out of the truck, and we seem to have no clarity at the border. We seem to have no procedures in place. We seem to have no protocols in place. And we don't seem to have the people in place who are capable of uh, mourning the fact that their policies have now resulted in probably what will end up being 50 or more dead yep, people. They're, yep, they're now saying 50. Mm-hmm. 50. Mm-hmm. And it's a crying shame. The temperatures outside were in the 90s to the low 100s. Dear God. The temperature in the truck was 150 degrees. Oh, and do this, we know how long they were in there? I don't. This is directly the result of there being no procedures there to sort this out. This is directly the result of we're sending money to Ukraine to help them protect their border, and we don't have a border. I, I, I continue to believe that I cannot look to Washington, D.C. for any clarity about anything that makes sense in this country. Nothing. And wasn't the big complaint under the Trump administration that they thought it was too expensive to spend $5 billion, mm-hmm. right? Was that the number? Mm-hmm. $5 billion for a, 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 a secure border? The, uh, the people were hot to the touch. Oh, my God. As they attempted to rescue some, and some have been rescued, but they couldn't get out of the truck. So they're in there awaiting help, and the longer they waited, the more they died. And... Uh, Joe, yeah. 22 Mexicans, 7 Guatemalans, 2 Hondurans. Yep. We, because we have no policy. So far, so far, yeah. It's just a cluster bleep down there, yep. and we have nothing in place to prevent this. I haven't heard a word from the president on this. And you won't. I haven't heard a word from the vice president. I thought she was supposed to be in charge of the border. I thought that was one of her uh, made-up jobs they gave her. And, and she's not capable of handling this. Uh, stay home, people. Don't risk your life to get in a truck and come here. I got news for you. The United States isn't as good as it used to be. Well, it's still a promised land compared to where you're coming from. But uh, you might want to reconsider trying to get here. If you're going to place yourself in that kind of danger. 
turn yourself over to a smuggler and then get stuck in a truck. It's not going to work. Not in the heat of summer. It's just not going to work. Are you going to renounce your citizenship here? Nope. No, okay. I'm not one of those people. I'm not Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day who... Uh, Don't let the door hit you, Billy. ...fraudulently says he's giving up his citizenship. Well, goodbye to you. Uh, he's already got a citizenship in Italy, so he's got a place to land on yeah, his but it, feet. It, isn't it a fake one? It's honorary, right? Yeah, I think it's, it's honorary. honorary. Yeah, yeah, like it's an yeah. honorary degree. Like Monopoly yeah. money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Say, uh, good news. I have good news. Oh? Well, Schmelz, Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen is featuring the family of Volkswagen SUVs. They're in stock and arriving daily including the all-new Volkswagen Taos. That's a small SUV, but it offers all-wheel drive and IQ drive advanced safety systems. My brother has one. He's been routinely driving it back and forth to Fargo on business. He loves it. You go all the way up to the Tiguan and then the Atlas, the seven-passenger Atlas with 5,000-pound towing capacity. And if the gasoline prices have you concerned, test drive and order the all-electric Volkswagen ID4. It's a little SUV that's named the 2021 World Car of the Year because if electric is going to be done right, Volkswagen will do it. I'm talking about Schmelz Countryside, multi-generational, family-owned Volkswagen dealership right on the uh, southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood, not far from either city. It's a very convenient location. Great people, great service, and great Volkswagens in stock and arriving daily. Find out more at SchmelzVW.com. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now, and the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. While that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments, and you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. Okay, I'm Kenny, and uh, as you can tell, uh, you're hearing urgency in my voice, right? I'm very urgent today. Uh, Chris from Aim High Construction, MN.com, didn't tell me to be urgent. Uh, It's a lesson I learned recently. I recently paid, within the last three weeks, $2,300 for a concrete job that four years ago was priced at $800. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that's why uh, if you've got a project you've been thinking about, the time is now. Get on the horn. Go to aimhighconstructionmn.com. Get the phone number. Get a hold of Chris and at least get the bid ball rolling. Find out when they can do uh, your job, whether it's indoors, outdoors, I don't care what it is. You've heard me talking for years about AMI Construction. Uh, they're the best. 
uh, and find out where material prices are today and where they're going to be next month or next winter. It's very important. Aim High Construction, they can and will help you with everything from pricing, design consult, uh, consultation, everything. So if you've been thinking about that project, the time is now. And like I said, it doesn't matter what kind of project, indoors, outdoors, upstairs, downstairs, need a deck. Oh, my God, they're deck experts. Uh, or even if there's hail damage to your siding or your shingles, you know, the thing about shingles and uh, hail damage, hard to see for us civil, uh, civilians, but Chris can spot it. So the website, aimhighconstructionmn.com. Say hi to Chris for me and uh, get on the schedule today. Jacob Fry's working group, uh, which yeah. has too many cooks. Well, who knows what the broth will end up like. They announced uh, some plans yesterday. It's called... Uh, the Community Safety Work Group. They uh, they ostensibly are in charge of reinventing the police department. Isn't uh, Nakima? Isn't she part of that? She's group? a very active part of the group. Yeah. They wish to transform policing and add additional officers. They officers. They now have a roadmap in the form of a report released yesterday from the city's Community Safety Work Group. Uh, it's a 29-page report. It includes recommendations on key areas, including overhaul, overhauling the police discipline process, strategies for hiring and training officers, and expanding the city's violence prevention efforts. Fry praised the recommendations in a press conference, saying they could change the face of how public safety operates in Minneapolis. This is work that is not just going to sit in a binder on a shelf. This is work that can be carried out. There are 22 people in the group. Yeah, who are they, Joe? Well, they've been meeting over the last seven months, and they include a wide range of community members. It was co-chaired by Dr. Dwayne Davis from Plymouth Congregational Church and civil rights activist and lawyer Nakima Levy-Armstrong. Sure. At the conference yesterday, Levy-Armstrong highlighted the committee's recommendations that MPD creates a new leadership position to liaison with the mayor's office and report to the public on the progress of change, saying uh, filling that position would be key to turning the report's recommendations into reality. Now that the voters went to the polls last November, they gave the mayor some increased authority. We want to see the mayor seize the opportunity in order to implement a lot of these changes that we are recommending, if not all of them, she said. Well, what the mayor was given was new powers. He immediately turned that over to 22 people in the community. So <laughs> there, you've got too many people weighing in here. Yeah. Levy Armstrong pointed to the group's list of recommendations for overhauling how the department's how the department trains officers, as well as who does the training. When we looked into that field training officer program, what we saw were a lot of gaps and efficiencies, rubber stamping of the status quo that led to someone like Derek Chauvin being in possession in position of power and authority that he never should have been in, she said. She said the group that found the MPD's discipline process was woefully inadequate to address the ongoing concerns the report recommends that the city hire a third party Jesus to conduct an audit of its discipline process, review past arbitration cases, conduct a reset of disciplinary standards, implement a robust early intervention program, and look closely at how coaching has been used in lieu of discipline. Uh, it, they're all over the map on this thing. Yes? 
They're um, <clears throat> not failing, or they're failing to uh, include one major issue with mm-hmm. all of this uh, change and reform and whatnot. Crime? No one wants to do the job because of you people. Right now, we feel there are too many gaps with the, within the system of coaching, and coaching is too often being used as a catch-all for behavior that actually should result in more tangible conduct for officers who violate the law and who violates people's rights. This is still Armstrong, Levy Armstrong. Downtown Council President Steve Kramer presented the group's recommendations on officer recruitment. These included, you know, David Downing's going across the country by car. Uh, I just got back from a driving trip to Tucson. The count, this country has space, that's for sure. Saw a lot of it along the way from, uh, away from the country's tallest buildings. Regarding help wanted ads, here's something I saw repeatedly on billboards. Now hiring law enforcement officers. Yep. It's, it's everywhere in the country. Yep. Uh, it's, it's true in Minneapolis, and they're very concerned about how they will go about this. Uh, these are the people that, of course, wanted to defund the police. Well, no, no, no. They told us they never said that. What did they say? No, they, well, we didn't say that. Remember what was the what was the guy we used to pick on all the time? Philippe yeah. Cunningham. Oh, yeah. Even though he was up on stage, stage. Yeah. in front of he, a sign that says yeah. "Defund the Police," right. but he right. never said that, Kenny. He never said that. Did you see the quotes from um, this founder and director of the nonprofit A Mother's Love? I did not. Her name is Lisa Clemens. She criticized the working group's fi- uh, primary focus on reform. And she brought up what we've always been bringing up. Here's her quote. I went through this whole thing. She's a former police officer holding the reports, she said. It did not tell me anything that's going to be done about the violence that we're suffering through right now in this community. Mm -hmm. All good for her. 100% right. Yep. And by the way, imagine being someone that may or may not have been interested in possibly becoming a police officer in the Mm -hmm. city of Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. If you're on the fence and you see this crap... Uh, I'm good. I'm going to go. No doubt, no doubt building back MPD is an urgent matter, but realistically it will take sustained effort over a period of years, Kramer said. This is Steve Kramer of the Downtown Council. We'll be well served to continue to invest now to build that first-in-class recruiting and training program to meet our current challenge and opportunity and to maintain the MPD our community needs over time. And we learn that uh, Levy Armstrong stressed that, her, in her view, communities of color in Minneapolis would benefit from having more police officers as long as those officers have the right values, perspective, and training. And by that, she means if they had her values. We want to feel safe in our own communities. We don't want to have to call 911. But if we do, we want someone who is going to show up at the door who respects our humanity and who values us as a people, she said. That's not an unreasonable wish. So I think all of these recommendations taken as a whole and implemented effectively will result in a significant change to the way the MPD does business and how we address the rising violence we have to deal with in our city. Well, at least she's acknowledging the rising violence. That's your biggest problem. But her quote there that you you acknowledged was good. Um, They want to be treated with respect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The way she said that is assuming that every single officer in the department is bad. Right. Well, that's her worldview, and she's not correct in that worldview. But that's the view that she has as a member, uh, as a uh, a functioning member of the racial industry. Uh, in In the industry of racism, you have to 
presume that police are just generally bad. All of them, yeah. And, and she's yeah. not capable of suggesting that, of course, they aren't all bad. But the arrogance from this entire group, that just... They're not, they're not even interested in really solving any problems. Well, they're... Fry had a chance here to grab a gavel and yep. say, here's what it's going to yep. be. And Instead, he he's, a, he's a very, very soft-thinking uh, fellow, and he, uh, he just turned this over to 22 people and making sure he checked all the boxes to get the right diversity and inclusion in the Kima Levy-Armstrong. Uh, and, and so what you have here is a porridge created by 22 people, and there's no clarity. And all of his quotes in this story are just so milk toast, mm-hmm. middle of the road, that don't say anything. There's no one simple quick fix, he said. There's no one uh, for accountability. What we do know is that they are not mutually exclusive. He also said um, the proposed report, which he's already recommended, will include a neighborhood safety office. Mm-hmm. And that he said, get her done. said many of the recommendations in the report, um, such as better recruitment, will help uh, curb violent crime. Remind well. me, have they named a permanent replacement for Iridondo? No. Okay. They also want more violence interrupters, but as we know, that has been an inefficient system. Uh, Sasha Cotton was the director of the violence interrupter program. They've got millions of dollars, and they haven't interrupted a. But, they haven't well, nobody interrupted knows anything. Nobody knows how to get a hold right, of them. Right, they can't Joe. be reached. They can't be unlisted reached. number. Right. Wait, 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 Joe, you told us about her legacy. Well, her legacy is failure. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> just utter failure. And but violence interrupters, uh, that doesn't work. How about you? Uh, Fry could have said, "Look, we're going to arrest bad guys, put them in jail. Prosecutors are going to prosecute them, and they're going to stay in jail." That's our oh, reform. That seems that would be our simple. reform. That, yeah. yeah, that's why we need Jim Schultz. <laughs> oh, geez, and 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 to think that uh, you can uh, continue to work around this uh, terribly difficult problem with all this boilerplate language of. Uh, this is a work in progress. This is this is not going to sit in a binder on a shelf. This is work that can be carried out. We can have violence interrupters and neighborhood liaisons, and we need one more liaison for the liaison, and then that guy will need a liaison, and we'll just keep hiring more people who have no bleeping clue what they're doing. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, people are continuing to be shot right and left. Remind me, uh, what exactly is a liaison? Isn't that a person that just runs back and forth? Yeah, that's a go-between. Yeah. Yeah. The mayor says this. Well, let me run that by him. Let me go uh, to the, the committee liaison. says this, mayor. Yeah. Well, I got to go through the liaison. And the uh, liaison mayor, the will committee, take it to the mayor. Mayor has a uh, committee, uh, has the day off, mayor. What should we do? And by the way, Minneapolis, uh, remind me who the uh, person that uh, Keith Ellison just endorsed? We talked about it at the end Mary of the Mary Moriarty. Mary Moriarty. Of course. Uh, if, if she uh, gets hold of this situation. Nobody goes to jail. It's going from bad to much, much worse. Well, one yeah. of the speeches Fry could have given is, look, all you woke people, uh, crime is not a construct. Uh, it's not a con- construct of white uh, patriarchy. Crime is real. It does harm to people. We're here to stop it. And uh, we don't have leniency for crime just because you believe that leniency is deserved because of skin color, for example. That's utter nonsense. We expect everyone to behave. We expect everyone to not be a criminal. And in the event you perform criminal activity, you're going to be arrested and prosecuted, period. How the hell can people like Ellison and probably Mary in the future be voted to do a job and then refuse to do it. Do the exact exact opposite. 
How, how, how does that work out? Uh, because the people voting for them are not paying attention and in many cases fall for this BS that uh, uh, these are just merely choices. They're not criminal behaviors. Uh, no, you're wrong. Uh, crime is crime, uh, and you're, but you're married to such wokeness that you can't bring yourself to admonish people. You can't because that would require you to be judgmental and you're afraid to be judgmental because that would violate the sensitivity of your constituents. Well, that's too bad. That's just too bad. It's time to crack down on crime. Minneapolis is not in a healthy situation. That's exactly who I want to see prosecuting crime. Judgmental. Yeah. Judgmental. Get him in there. Let's go here. You want to bring back Johnny Heist? Why not? Okay. But first, I'd like to tell you about our friends at Mosquito Shield, Joe. I was bragging to my neighbor over the weekend, by the way, because he said, Reeves, how come there's no mosquitoes in your yard? I said, You got Mo Shield. I got Mo Shield, brah. And so I hooked him up. Ray and Mike are the father and son team that own and operate two franchises right here in the Twin Cities. And getting rid of mosquitoes and ticks, that is their expertise. They're not like other pest control companies that also spray for bugs. They focus on the mosquitoes and the ticks only. And here's why that's important. They use a proprietary blend that is specifically formulated to rid your yard of mosquitoes and ticks. And it was invented by the founder of Mosquito Shield. And it's also used exclusively by the company. You just can't go buy this on the shelf. And they take great care of you and your yard. They typically come out every 10 to 17 days for an application, and they will do so until the mosquitoes and ticks go dormant. And they also stand behind their work. If for any reason that you're going to need them in between applications, they will do an additional service call at absolutely no charge. It's because they want you to choose when it's time to go inside, not the mosquitoes and the ticks. So right now, go online, moshield.com, that's moshield.com, or just give them a call directly at 612-619-1556, moshield.com. Tell them you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Our guy Rich. <laughs> one one day not good enough for Rich at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. He's starting the 4th of July celebration early, as in yesterday. And then he's partying all month, all of July, with an incredible sale on every safe in the store. Nothing more Americana than the Liberty Safe made right here in the United States by Americans uh, using materials procured in these United States. And all in-stock Liberty safes, they're marked down 20%. That's a 4th of July sale for all of July. Uh, Rich really is the main reason, though, to buy at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. He's going to make sure it's the right safe for your needs and your budget. And in most cases, Rich can get you more safe for your dollar. And that's why you need to log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Get familiar with the Liberty. Check out all the models, the different prices, um, and all the accessories. Then get over to 6901 East Fish Lake Road. Say hi to your next new best friend, Rich, and enjoy 20% off all of the in-stock safes uh, of your choice at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. An innocent bystander is fighting for his life after being hit by a stray bullet Saturday night in Minneapolis. 
34-year-old Tyler King was one of four people shot during an incident near the Stone Arch Bridge, and according to a statement from his family. The statement says King was visiting his hometown of Minneapolis this week from Nashville with his wife, Abby, and two sons. They were here for a family wedding. The statement says on Saturday night, he and his brother-in-law were walking a member of the wedding party to her car in a quiet residential area of the neighborhood about 11 p.m. when shots rang out. Family members say King was hit in the side of the face. According to his Caringbridge page, King had suffered a stroke and brain bleed and swelling since the shooting. Four people in total were shot, including King. The other three shooting victims were teens, and their injuries were not critical. So far, no arrests have been made. Late yesterday, Officer Garrett Parton said the scene was busy and chaotic when police got there Saturday and that they still are sorting through witnesses and surveillance video. What do you think the 22 member of the police community safety work group thinks about that? I mm. thought that, seriously, I thought there was a quote about basically calling it gun violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Horrible but you don't think a violence from, interrupter would have prevented that? I think it's people that? violence. You don't think a violence interrupter would have prevented this from happening? If you could get a hold of them. Sure. Yeah. A horrible story from up the St. Cloud way. Police say they're it was just before 2.30 in the afternoon Sunday, and EMS responded to the municipal athletic complex on a report that someone had been injured by a horse. Officers located a 44-year-old victim that was attending a special event located in the parking lot with his horses and carriage to offer rides. Police say that the victim was walking his horses attached to the carriage when he lost control. The victim was run over by a Clydesdale. Oh, my God. The horses then continued running away toward a golf course with the victim's five-year-old child inside the carriage. Police say the child was unharmed after the carriage stopped due to being stuck on a tree. A family member was able to secure the horses in their trailer with no additional injuries. The victim, a 44-year-old man from Isanti, transported to St. Cloud Hospital via ambulance, where he later died from his injuries. Clydesdales are heavy, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes. Oh, what a horrific story. Former Minneapolis police officer Mohammed Noor was released from prison yesterday morning. The 36-year-old Noor left the North Dakota State Penitentiary in Bismarck, is now under court-ordered supervision until January 24, 2024, when his sentence ends. Noor fatally shot Justine DeMond in Minneapolis in 2017 and became the first former Minneapolis police officer convicted of an on-duty homicide. DeMond had called police to report a sexual assault in her neighborhood. She was shot by Noor as she approached the police vehicle. Noor originally began serving his sentence in May 2019 at the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Oak Park Heights, but was transferred to the prison in North Dakota's capital city in July 2019 for his own safety, according to authorities. Originally, you might remember he had been sentenced to 12 years, but that sentence was vacated by a judge. He was then sentenced to the lesser time. By all accounts, he was a compliant prisoner wherever he was in custody over the slightly more than three years that he was locked up. A Minnesota woman shot in the head with a police projectile during the 2020 protests over George Floyd's murder is suing the city of Minneapolis and an unnamed police officer alleging multiple civil rights violations. According to her lawsuit filed in federal court late Friday, Raven Bartz required four staples to close a laceration on the back of her head after she was shot amid the protest on the early hours of May 30, 2020. Her attorney, Zoroslav Lederman, wrote in his civil complaint against the city, and an unidentified officer referred to as J. Doe that Bartz was shot after officers moved to disperse a group of peaceful protesters. The city has already paid out a number of lawsuits in connection with those protests. They previously agreed to pay $1.5 million in legal fees to Jaleel Stallings after shooting at Stallings with plastic bullets without warning during the 2020 unrest. 
Also last month, photojournalist Linda Toronto, who was blinded in one eye by a police projectile, got $600,000. And in April, the city paid $1.8 million to two women who say police shot them in the face with pro- uh, projectiles as they protested. Joe, earlier you had asked if the president had uh, spoke on the San Antonio situation. Mm-hmm. He did release a statement. Mm-hmm. Would you like it? Sure. Uh, president Biden reacted to the deadly human smuggling attempt in San Antonio that occurred Monday, calling the tragic loss of life both horrifying and heartbreaking. Quote, our prayers are with those who lost their lives, their loved ones, as well as those still fighting for their lives. As always, I am grateful for the swift work of all the federal, state, and local first responders Biden said in a statement Tuesday. Yeah, well, why don't you fix the border, Biden? The incident underscores the need to go after the multi-billion dollar criminal smuggling industry preying on migrants and leading to far too many innocent deaths. In Los Angeles two weeks ago, I announced that the United States has launched a first-of-its-kind anti-smuggling campaign with our regional partners. In the first three months, we have made over 2,400 arrests, and that will that work will only intensify in the months ahead, Biden explained. Is he still in Europe for the G7? I don't know. I believe so. Update on that Russian airstrike that hit a bustling shopping mall in Kremenchuk, central Ukraine, on Monday. At least 18 people now, they're saying, were killed. That, according to Dmitry Lunin, the head of the Poltavo Regional Military Administration, he said that death toll still could rise. He also said another 36 people are missing, adding that more than 1,000 people, including rescuers, police, medics, and volunteers, worked throughout the night. Uh, so far, the number of injured is listed at 58. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said after the strike that up to 1,000 people may have been in the mall before the air raid was announced. Missouri officials declared a large fatality event after a passenger train traveling from Los Angeles to Chicago hit a dump truck that was blocking a public crossing and completely derailed yesterday. Three people were killed, including two on the train and one in the dump truck after the train's eight cars and its two locomotives came off the tracks. At least 50 people injured, nine patients taken to a University of Missouri health care hospital in Columbia, Missouri, several of them arriving by helicopter. The January 6th committee wasn't going to have any more hearings until July, but that changed when they announced one yesterday for today. Uh, We found out last night leaks saying the witness would be Cassidy Hutchinson, and indeed that is who it is. Uh, Hutchinson was an aide to then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows during the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Uh, Some astonishing uh, testimony from her today. Uh, She says prior to Donald Trump's speech on January 6th, police and Secret Service confiscated hundreds of weapons. Mark Meadows and Trump were both told there were many weapons in the crowd, including AR-15s. At that point, the president said the Secret Service uh, should not collect those weapons. He said they should take away all the magnetometers, uh, which the people had to walk through. And he said he didn't care if they marched to the Capitol with the weapons, saying, quote, I don't care if they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. So uh, that's her testimony is continuing. I rest my case. (laughs) Uh, also, we found out he was apparently planning on marching with them to the thing, but the Secret Service basically said, nope, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. So, A political shift beginning to take hold across the U.S. as tens of thousands of suburban swing voters who helped fuel the Democratic Party's gains in recent years are becoming Republicans. More than one million voters across 43 states have switched to the Republican Party over the last year, according to voter registration data analyzed by the AP. The previously unreported number reflects a phenomenon that is playing out in pretty much every region of the country in the period since Joe Biden replaced Donald Trump. 
Nowhere is the shift more pronounced than in the suburbs, where well-educated swing voters who turned against Trump's Republican Party in recent years appear to be swinging back. The total number switching party, 1.7 million, 1 million switching from Democrat to Republican, and 630,000 switching from Republican to Democrat. Uh, all of this, by the way, uh, happened before the Supreme Court decision on abortion, which uh, is drawing apparently some suburban voters back into the Democratic Party. A couple new polls on that. I'll tell you about those in just a moment. Before we do that, let's uh, tell you about the latest on the abortion issue. The Supreme Court decision on the issue now moving back to the courts. Rulings to put trigger laws on hold came swiftly in Utah and Louisiana on Monday. And there was a hearing in Texas today that also put a hold on Texas's trigger law. Those are expected, of course, to end up uh, back in court. A new Gallup poll in 2021, four in 10 adults worldwide said they experienced a lot of worry or stress, and slightly more than three in 10 experienced physical pain because of their stress. More than one in four experienced sadness and slightly fewer experienced anger. Uh, a couple new polls, as I told you, show the ruling by the Supreme Court is motivating Democrats apparently more than Republicans. I think you had an email on this yesterday, Joe, from a fella. Mm -hmm. According to a CBS News YouGov poll released Sunday, 50% of Democrats said they are more likely to vote in the midterm elections as a result of the Supreme Court overturning Roe compared to just 20% of Republicans. A new survey from NPR PBS Marist suggests that among registered voters, 78% of Democrats said the Supreme Court's ruling makes them more likely to vote in November, a full 24 points higher than the Republicans' 54%. The survey said that 51% of voters would back a candidate that would vote to codify the protections previously established in Roe, including 47% of independents, compared to just 36% who responded they would definitively vote against a candidate who took that stance. Both polls suggest a majority of Americans oppose the Supreme Court's ruling on Roe versus Wade. A grocery store worker accused of assaulting Rudy Giuliani at a Staten Island supermarket Sunday has had his charges reduced after video footage emerged that appeared to show the man merely patting Giuliani on the back with an open palm, not hitting him. The worker, Daniel Gill, had been charged with second-degree assault in the immediate aftermath of the episode, Prosecutors later reducing the charges to third-degree assault, third-degree menacing, and second-degree harassment. In the initial account of what happened, police said Gill, a Staten Island resident who works at the store, had slapped the former New York City mayor on the back while saying, What's up, scumbag? The complaint charging Gill says he hit Giuliani so hard that the blow resulted in, quote, substantial pain to the back and left side of Giuliani's body. But footage of the episode, which is obtained and published by the New York Post, appears to show Gill touching instead of hitting Giuliani on the back. The video, which does not contain audio, also appears to show Giuliani leaning forward slightly after Gill touched his back. It, he <laughs> got hit so hard that oh, his hard. mascara began to run oh, down, his, down his face. <laughs> Why? Yeah. He, yeah. he should have done what uh, any self-whatever um, so soccer star would do. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, take yeah. the fall? Fall down in a heap yeah. and start crying. Yeah. Penalty, penalty. There, yeah. There were several brilliant memes on Twitter pointing that out. Here's the moment Giuliani was hit, and they'd show, you know, a guy getting touched with a finger and falling yeah. over and writhing in pain. Timber! <laughs> <laughs> a Subway employee was fatally shot, another worker critically injured, after an argument with a customer about too much mayonnaise on his sandwich, according to police. Seems like an overreaction. 
Officers responded to the shooting at the downtown Atlanta gas station shortly after 6.30 p.m. Sunday. During a news conference yesterday, police Deputy Chief Charles Hampton identified the worker who died as a 26-year-old woman. Second employee, a 24-year-old woman, was shot and seriously injured. Five-year-old child was also in the restaurant at the time of the shooting, was not injured, according to police. The women were taken to a hospital for treatment where the 26-year-old was pronounced dead. Hampton says the woman who survived was in critical condition as of yesterday. According to police, the customer went into the restaurant, ordered a sandwich, and became angry. Hampton said the man was upset his sandwich had too much mayo on it and opened fire. The man, a 36-year-old Atlanta resident, was arrested in connection to the double shooting. As of yesterday afternoon, police had not released his name. Hampton said he was taken into custody without incident. Did you guys read about the, uh, I think it was a Burger King employee? <clears throat> Uh, you're going to have to look this up, Reavers, instead okay. of whatever you're doing. Uh, he worked there 27 years while missing a day, Oof. and they gave him a bag of cookies and a Tootsie Roll Pop or something. And, wow. And David Spade, of all people, got wind of this and gave the guy five grand, and that started a GoFundMe page, and uh, apparently the guy's going to collect some dough. 27 wow. years, never missed a day, and they gave him a, you know, a Tootsie Roll Pop and patted him on the back. Huh. And he should point to that Mayo episode as a reason why you should have you should have acknowledged my service a little better. I'm facing death here every day by these crackpots <laughs> that come in. death. Yeah. Burger oh. King veteran Kevin Ford received over two hundred thousand dollars via GoFundMe wow. after a video of him getting a small goodie bag full Got a of trinkets bag. for twenty seven years yeah. of service went viral. <laughs> Never missed Some, a day. Some crap they give kids or something yeah, to yeah. shut them off. They gave him the Burger King crown, you know, the cardboard crown. You got to wear that. You know, the king hat. Okay, yep, here we go. Sure. 27 years without missing a day. In the video, which was originally posted on his Instagram on May 25th, Ford delves into the items he received from oh, HMS Host, the company from which Burger King hires, which included a Starbucks reusable tumbler, a Isn't bag nice? of Reese's candy. Yep. Pens, yeah, and two rolls of lifesavers. Yeah, got the two riders. rolls of lifesavers. And here's some McDonald's Whoa. chicken nuggets yeah. Yeah. too. Oh my God! <laughs> well, there's a video. Yeah, 27 years, and he's got the wow. mask on. You can't really hear him because he's wearing a mask, right? Well, that's, I wouldn't worry about that's it. That's really. Bad. What's your order at Subway, Such, when you roll in? I like the Italian six inch. Uh, the Italian BMT. No, I don't like the BMT. What's, what do you I, got against bacon? You I like hate America. Ita- I, like, I just like the Italian with the oh, okay. with the stuff on it. Yeah. Light mayo, light lettuce, heavy on the pickles. Give me some black olives. Keep that oil stuff out of there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, an Italian, so you got to have vinegar and oil or, or some sort of. No, that makes it too mushy. Dressing. Makes dressing. it mushy. Mushy. Yep. Don't want it He's mushy. Cr- <laughs> Watching him take the stuff out of the bag. Yeah. Oh my God! Is it kind of like our guy? And she got my last beer. Pretty much. All yeah. I got is them beers. All I got is two <laughs> rolls of lifesavers. It's tough to gauge, you know, because he's wearing that mask. Right. But he doesn't seem sad about it. Well, he just seems like a loyal guy. Twenty-seven years. Twenty-seven years. Yeah. Never missed a day at work, and they give him a couple of lifesavers. He suppose he's up to eight, nine bucks an hour. Oh, right? I hope so. I hope so. 1995, right? I don't know, John. Oh, I'm not going to do wow, the math in public. Ask a question yeah. like that. Come By the on, way, John, the, the caption related to this video yeah. makes it even better. People say you can't keep workers nowadays. He even worked through the early COVID days, never missing a day of work. The union guys worked at Vegas Airport for 27 years. 
He got nothing on his 25th anniversary date, but just look at how grateful his employer was on his 27th <laughs> oh, year. Oh, Vegas. Wait a minute. He works at the Vegas airport? Uh, the, the, I'm guessing that it's the Burger King at the Vegas oh, airport. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. The second you step off the plane, you're assaulted with that noise. Yeah, they got that, slot machines in the airport. Slot machine noise right yeah. away. Yeah. From the why are people so stupid category, a man on a Southwest flight was arrested after reportedly airdropping a photo of himself receiving oral sex to random passengers on Saturday. Huh. A viral TikTok video showed the man identified only as Wait, Larry. Wait, stop. How do I turn off airdrop? I, I don't know. I don't know what airdrop I think, means. I think you have to accept it. I think you have oh, to accept I've it. I've never been airdropped. Uh, in the video, Larry confesses and apologizes to a crew member and says he was, quote, just having a little fun. In a follow-up video, the poster said that Larry continued to look at the image he sent after he was told not to. She said that Larry was escorted off the plane and that she and a few other passengers talked to investigators from the FBI. It happened on a flight from Detroit to Denver, according to reps from Southwest, who confirmed the whole thing. The airline said Larry was arrested upon arrival. The TikTok showed a middle-aged man with sparse white hair and dark-framed glasses sitting in aisle seat with an iPad propped up on his tray as the female flight attendant approached him. A woman says this man is airdropping inappropriate photos. I don't think we should look at it. Flight attendant asked the man if he did, and he said yes, indeed. What does that did. mean? He airdropped. I don't want a long explanation. I want a simple one. Uh, my receiving is off, so I can't receive. I don't yeah, know if just, that means uh, I can send. Well, no one. Airdro- an- no one answered my question. Airdrop lets you share instantly with people nearby. You can be discoverable in Airdrop to receive from everyone or only people in your contents. Um, it's when I want to pass video or pictures to other people who also have iPhones. Hmm. I don't have to send them via email or text if I'm in the same room or general area. You just bounce them right over to their phone. I see. Yeah, I don't want that, yeah. so don't do that to me. It's actually quite handy, yeah. and uh, our buddy Wheeler uh, taught me how to do this, and I've used it frequently. Yeah. It's for, for when the files are too large to send via email, yeah. Joe. I've only oh. used it for station stuff, though. A British Columbia man captured video of his fearless kitty cat facing off, ag- facing off against a black bear that wandered into his driveway. Brothers Gavin and Cameron Sturrock said their cat, Tigger, is known to be mischievous and fearless and can often be found chasing neighborhood dogs away from the home. The brothers said they were loading up the car for a camping trip outside their home in the Canyon Heights neighborhood of North Vancouver when a large black bear appeared in the driveway. Gavin said, I didn't notice right away, but my little cat was, well, he was right there just two feet away from the bear. Gavin said he tried to call Tigger away from the bear, started recording video on his phone when the feline refused to comply. The video, which he later posted to TikTok, shows Tigger facing down the bear while Gavin calls for the cat. Cameron, who was watching nearby, said he was stunned when Tigger arched his back and walked toward the bear, causing the bear to run away. Cameron said, I saw the cat just chase after the bear, and I was like, no way. The brothers said the bear... <laughs> Sorry. Dude, no way. <laughs> the brothers said the bear has visited their neighborhood before, but hasn't been seen since the confrontation with Tigger, so they're thinking perhaps Tigger scared him away for good. Uh, what I find surprising about this story is we are to assume that when he calls Tigger in a regular situation, Tigger comes to him. 
What kind of cat is that? Cats, cats don't cats usually don't do, do that, that, do they? Cats don't do that. You've got to open up the box of meow mix yeah, or the yep, can of the, that gel, and yeah. then they'll come running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Say, today is the 25th anniversary of the opening of the legend, June 28th. Congratulations. The, Ridge, the 25th anniversary. And the legend is what uh, compelled golfing in northeastern Minnesota. And soon after came the quarry in the wilderness. And right now at Giants Ridge, you can play the legend and the quarry two of the finest courses in the country, not to mention Minnesota, on the same day for one great rate with lunch on them between rounds at the Wakuda Grill. This is through August 29th. Uh, And then have lunch with one of the finest and most peaceful overlooks in all of northern Minnesota. You can view the 3D course flyovers of the legend and the quarry at giantsridge.com. And if you want to think of this as a family vacation destination, yeah, get there on a tank of gas because there's nearby water recreation, biking, hiking, the newest and largest lift-serve mountain bike park in the Midwest, dining, lodging, and much more, but really a bucket list golf destination. Many players have told me that. And that special is on now through August 29. They'll put together a group golf rate for you if you want to have your own tournament with groups of eight or more, including customized tournament packages, your buddies or your family. Yeah, learn more at GiantsRidge.com. You can make a tee time by calling Giants Ridge at 218-865-8030 or go to GiantsRidge.com. How about you what just you don't, don't say naughty words and then we're, we're good to go. Ready? Okay. Flashlight. Check. Trying to keep you employed, Olson. Attitude. Check. He's going in. Thanks, Chris. Joe Suchere. I have some information from a political inside source. Uh-oh. Uh, today, there is this to keep an eye on. Via a press release from the Walls-Flanagan campaign, verbatim, Tuesday, June 28, Minnesota Governor Tim Walls and Lieutenant Governor Penny F- Peg- Peggy Flanagan will join reproductive rights advocates to highlight Scott Jensen's anti-choice extremism. Jensen has promised to ban abortion even for victims of rape and incest repeatedly. Walls and Flanagan will lay out the specific ways that the winner of the 2022 election for Minnesota governor will be able to protect or ban abortion access in Minnesota. That press conference started about an hour ago in the Minneapolis Capitol press room. Expect. Sources familiar with the event say Governor Tim Walls will sharply criticize and directly question Republican candidate Steve Jensen on the issue of abortion. One other factor to keep in mind, Walls is only two points up on Jensen when 44% of the people have never heard of Jensen. Right now, this is a referendum on Walls. Team Walls wants to change that, and today's news conference is likely the start of that. Jensen's challenge is to be able to run a campaign without the help of a strong state GOP that makes the race, race about Walls. Uh, And then I'm linked to a poll. The poll found that 42% of 1,551 likely general election voters will pick Walls, while 40% of those voters would favor Jensen, a result that is within the margin of error of 2.6%. Many voters surveyed, however, are are unfamiliar with Jensen. Only 23% had a favorable view of the former one-term state senator, and 19% had an unfavorable view of Jensen, the poll found a plurality, 44%, had never heard of him at all. Hmm. He's got his work cut out for him, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm unaware of that. Is that, ja- is that Jensen's position, that no abortion even for rape or incest? 
I'm not aware of that. I I thought rape and incest. Well, I don't know. I'll I'll check. I don't want to say. Mm -hmm. I don't know either. That was happening today. Probably already happened. But again, we said this yesterday. We'll say it again. This is now going to dominate all the headlines in the upcoming election. Well, because the DFL, including Walls, they have nothing else to bring to the public. No, but this will completely dominate the headlines. What has Walls accomplished? He'll say, I guided you through COVID. Okay. That's it. I don't know what else he's accomplished. Well, you let Minneapolis burn. Yeah. It's just bricks and mortar, Kenny. Now, because they come to us all the way from Marlith Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Limans at WorldwideWaftage.com. On this day in 1818, Congress extended the area of the Michigan Territory, bringing present-day Minnesota under its domain. The boundary persisted until the creation of the Wisconsin Territory, in 1836. And on this day in 1849, Amherst Willoughby began stagecoach, stagecoach service between St. Paul and St. Anthony. Hmm. And on this day in 1862, St. Paul Mayor John Prince joined the crowd on the first train trip from the capital to Minneapolis. The railroad, the St. Paul and Pacific, would eventually become part of the Great Northern Railway. And right. finally, on this took day, about three days, yeah, right? Yeah. On this day in 1880, Dr. H.S. Tanner of Minneapolis began a 40-day fast in New York in an effort to prove his theory that neither the human stomach nor food is required in order to sustain life. Oh, how'd that go? He resided in a room in Clarendon Hall that had been carefully searched for any morsel. Dropping 50 pounds and shrinking two inches, he made it to the end, breaking his fast on a meal of milk and watermelon. Yuck. Dr. Tanner moved to California and died in 1919 at the age of 87. I don't know what this uh, crackpot was attempting to prove. but uh, Did he he write about it? I mean, uh, what was the purpose? Well, he was Dr. H.S. Tanner. He must have been a weight loss guy. Sure. You know, early Jack LaLanne or somebody. (laughs) Watermelon and milk. That's an odd. uh, uh, Very odd mixture. That's a hell of a reference, too. Uh, And he lived to be 87. Maybe he would have lived to be 107 if he didn't pull that crackpot stunt. Did he die of obesity? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Did you see Putin's newest general, how obese he is? No. Oh, my gosh. Looks like a Joe Paluca doll. He's round. He's a round person. Yeah. It's just this giant circle. <laughs> well, they're basically right now, aren't they, just pulling service people yeah. off the street? And it's saying, a giant Get circle with at the bottom. You can see two little feet. Other than that, he's a uh, <laughs> okay. yeah. little teeny head right. and little teeny and feet in this circle. Do they just roll them on down the hill and yeah. say, go get them? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, GLers. Okay. Uh, yeah. Jailers, do us a favor, if you could and haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on the Garage Logic YouTube page where we are posting daily content for your entertainment. Uh, you can also follow us along on all of our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you haven't done so yet, well, you should sign up for the Garage Logic newsletter that's right at the website, garagelogic.com, because we have some interesting news around the corner. I bet. Yes. And it'll feature Kenny Olson. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Amongst many others. So if you could do so, garagelogic.com and sign up for that newsletter. We'll catch you tomorrow.
It is that time once again here in Garage Logic where we pick up that phone and we make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic and Jailers. Now is the time for you to do the same for that free 48 minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Pick up that phone and make that call to 952 925 5608. That number, once again, is 952 925 5608. You call that number and you get Mr. Money Talk, and you're also going to get straight talk. You're never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us once again. And Josh, a simple question for you. Is the recession coming or is it already here? Depends on who you talk to, Chris. If you talk to uh, most people from the Federal Reserve, they'll say, nope, we're not in a recession. As a matter of fact, based on economic indicators, we can continue to raise interest rates to fight inflation and we won't go into a recession. Or they'll indicate the likelihood of a recession is still pretty low given the number of positive economic indicators, including the amount of cash that consumers have on hand, given the fact that the economy overall is still pretty strong. If, on the other hand, you talk to investment strategists, investment managers, and numerous business people, they have said we are either already in a recession or we will have a recession in the next coming months particularly as they see the economy slowing down. They see consumer spending slowing down. They see house prices having peaked and already starting to come down. As Ken Langone, one of the founders of Home Depot, has said, we are today mentally and intellectually in a recession. That kind of goes to one of my beliefs is that we can talk ourselves into a recession. Plus, if I look at some of the indicators, they can talk about consumer confidence at a low or near an all-time low. The Michigan Consumer Sentiment Number at an all-time low. Stock market sentiment is lower today than at the worst point in March of 2009. Very, very negative sentiment. The bull bear indicator is showing bears way outnumber bulls. And I've seen some strategists say that if this is not a recession, the market is currently fairly valued. And if we are in a recession, then the market still has room to go down. Me, probably been considered considered a perpetual bull, always looking for a bull market someplace. I am also of the opinion by the time that people are talking about a recession, the lows of the market are pretty much in. Right now, Chris, I do believe, at least for the next few weeks, and until earnings start in earnest, we're more at the mercy of macro forces and what people are talking about, the Fed and interest rates. And I also think the market is focusing in on other assets that have continued to go down, such as Bitcoin. Me, I'm trying to concentrate on finding what I consider some positives in the market. Positives such as Nike, which reported their earnings last night. They beat, though they did give very conservative guidance that was below estimates. Positive from Nike's report. Looks like China is starting to reopen. That is going to be a positive. A negative North American sales are down 3%. But another positive is direct-to-consumer sales 
are up 7%. And talking to several retailers that I know, Nike has been moving more and more to go direct to consumer rather than going through wholesalers. That would produce a little more money to Nike's bottom line. Las Vegas Sands and Wynn Resorts got a nice boost as China is starting to reopen. Plus, Chinese-related companies have still been pretty strong. So there's probably a bull market developing with China-related companies. Banks, too, not that I am a bank investor, have started to raise, or certain banks have started to raise their dividends as they've passed stress tests. I'm still very cautious on banks, but I am, we'll say, semi-positive on energy, which is, even though it's down in the last month, does look promising going forward. And I do continue to uh, to like my favorite large capitalization companies, as I do believe they will hold up well over the over the coming months. Sound advice, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to do the same and pick up the phone and make that call for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation by calling 952-925-5608. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time in the chat. Have a great rest of your day, and let's do this again on Thursday. You got a deal. Thanks, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.